Hi, I'm Steve. How's it? I'm Simon. And welcome to the Business, Business and Beers Podcast. How's it guys and girls and everything in between? Uh, welcome to another episode of Business and Beers. Uh, we're super fortunate today to be joined by South African's most favorite country, um, Australia. So our guest today is Arno Dolls. And uh, I think the best intro, like they always say in Australia, put another shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> Welcome, Arno. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Great to be here. Um, yeah, I think just to give our, our listeners um, a little bit of a background about yourself, um, you know, just give us a short summary. Who are you? How did you land up in Australia and uh, one random fact about yourself? Okay, so <clears throat> originally from the East Rand in uh, Johannesburg, uh, Boxburg. Sorry, I need to interrupt uh, you. Oh, don't say Johannesburg, it's Boxburg. Eh? Be proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I guess, uh, so Boxburg it is. Um, went to school in Bedford View uh, and then went to university at University of Johannesburg. Uh, Get started off there, failed the attempt first year round, like so many, um, and then kind of went into, uh, got serious, got through it, and, and finished up with uh, an honours degree in corporate communications. Um, yeah, um, from there, kind of, I guess, went straight uh, into um, the digital world. So I started for a big agency called Fleischmann Hillard, was there for probably just over a year. Um, and me and a, a friend that I've met at Varsity decided to, to start our, our own business. It's just sort of an opportunity over there. Um, so, um, yeah, that I guess was my first um, experience, I guess, in terms of getting into the business world. Um, but before I guess I get into all of that, <laughs> a little bit, uh, do, do we start with a random fact? Would you like that first? Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, let's. So I guess as part of my career path, um, one of the things that I had to, to do, um, it's probably something that not everybody doesn't know, but uh, I had to do a bit of acting uh, at one of the agencies that I worked for. So um, not a lot of people know this, but my, my second name is Gunter. And uh, um, yeah, I'm doing some work with uh, VW um, and Audi through the Lindsay Saker Group. And I uh, had a, a video series called Cars with Gunter. A uh, bit of an eccentric, uh, eccentric char- character. Um, for anybody that wants to go and search for him, just search "cars, cars with guns" on, on YouTube and uh, Lindsay Saker, and uh, you can probably have a good laugh. So that's what's still in your Boxburg boots, eh? Yeah. Uh, no, I reckon I was, I was, I was in bed with you at that time. Ah, yeah, time. that's a level up, up, eh? Bringing, bringing out the. I reckon it's probably more the the spring side of me. Oh, the gay, eh? the real gay, the Bedford View gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. I think that that's a good snapshot, Arno. But I think now, just before you touched on your random fact, you spoke about your first business experience. Chat us through that. Are you still in that business? How did it? What What was that like? Yeah. So that. So that I guess that first um, opportunity, I guess if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. um, was probably. I think probably about 12 or 13 years ago now, where um, I guess social media was first starting to sort of take off. People were worried about um, the online reputations, all that sort of thing. And, and working in a digital communications agency um, saw an opportunity 
and and so like I said, um, me and a mate that uh, had been working together at that agency decided to to start our own business, uh, funded by her father, and um, yeah, uh, we we saw some sort of immediate uh, success there. Worked with some some decent brands. I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, the one was Anglo Platt. Um, looking after or providing uh, online reputation and management services to them. Uh, managed to partner with some decent agencies, I think one of them being, I think it was Habas, um, working on Volvo Cars South Africa and Dulux South Africa. So some decent sort of accounts that we picked up in that first six months, um, you know, sort of got, got the ball rolling. Um, yeah, I guess unfortunately with, with that one, um, you know, young and naive, um, not always taking the advice of people to get things down on paper. You know, you think sometimes mates are mates, you know, trust everybody. Um, and uh, yeah, it just didn't work out. So, I mean, it's it's not something, sometimes I've had people, I guess, ask the question, do you regret that? Um, and I honestly say probably not because it's probably set me up for, for some of the other lessons that I've had to learn along the way. So yeah, like I said, um, the only regret I do have is that I guess um, it could have probably been a very successful business if we'd, we'd been able to stick it out and, and work through that, you know. So was 13, that, I, I mean, old. to kind of like elaborate, is that a lot more, if you could call it like gentleman's agreement, you know, where it's kind of, you have a couple of beers or a coffee and you say, great, like this is the way we're going to move forward. If we make cash, this is how we split it. You know, Bob's your uncle and everything works really well. Um, you know, is that kind of what you're touching on in terms of not like documenting or putting things physically down? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it's pretty much that. It's just not documenting things correctly. And so I, I guess if you're not doing those things right up front, um, it's just important to do that because it's probably a good way to iron out um, any misunderstandings too. So I guess, you know, you can send an email, you can, you can have a chat to somebody, but you might interpret it in the wrong way. If it's down in writing and two people put their signatures against it, <clears throat> you should be, you know, you, you've probably, there should be a common understanding, I guess, of what that agreement is. Yeah, I think just to jump in there, um, um, obviously I also have my own business and um, chatting around um, shareholders and shareholders agreements. Um, and I chatted to a lawyer about it. And, yeah. and the thing with that is just looking at it now in today's day and age, you can get a free shareholders agreement online. But they said to me, we need to get a comprehensive one it's going to cost about 10,000 Rand. And I was like, sure, my business is just starting. You know, to pay 10,000 Rand for a legal document doesn't make sense. And the lawyer said to me, and it, it was so true as he said it, he said, Steve, I'm going to write up this um, shareholders agreement for you. And the only time you're going to need to look at it is when you sell your business or when you and your business partner get into a big enough disagreement that you want to get out of the business. And he said to me, when that's the case, you really want to make sure that all parties are covered and everyone if they have a certain percentage or whatever the case may be is um from there and i think like you said that's definitely a lesson learned from you so yeah. Arno, what else yeah. what happened next after you we can call it your attempt at business your own business didn't work out before we jump to that steve i think 10 what did you say Ten thousand around a thousand dollars doesn't sound that bad <laughs> no no for you guys it's like one dollar eh? <laughs> 50 yeah. cents <laughs> yeah so i mean i guess um from there, I guess, like I said, it was kind of like you, I guess you get a bit of a jolt and a shock and it's kind of like all the stuff happens and starts to unravel. Uh, but my next move was a pretty positive one. Um, managed to, um, you know, get into a full service agency. 
And that's probably where I guess my journey really started in terms of, I guess, this bigger picture in terms of where I wanted to get to. Um, you know, a lot of people, I guess, that um, get into the corporate world, um, you know, from a marketing perspective, uh, might well, tend to tend to specifically start well back then anyway. Um, they, they'd start with, um, you know, sort of more traditional marketing background um, than starting with a digital background. So I always like to say that I, I learned backwards to some extent, um, you know, kind of got my experience with digital and along the way picked up, um, you know, sort of things like uh, brand strategy, the branding piece, and all the traditional media and stuff like that. It kind of rounded out what um, those sort of future roles um, and requirements were. So, yeah, that agency is, uh, I guess, the agency that I mentioned earlier where I was talking about Gunter. So, um, like I said, lots of fun over a couple of years over there. Um, moved on from that agency specifically because um, I wanted to get more into strategy. So, went and worked um, with a media agency focused specifically on strategy over there. Uh, one of the highlights there was writing um, a digital strategy for Bitface Bank, which was quite a big one at the time. Um, again, working sort of with that team at the time was, was a great opportunity. Um, and then it was around that time, I guess, where um, my now wife and I, you know, we kind of, uh, we were talking about um, immigration sort of started to come into into the equation. Um, so, yeah, um, then, then thoughts started to change again and it started to become about, okay, so um, what do we want to do? How do we want to set this up before we go well, starting with the process, all of that type of thing for, for immigration? I think before we touch... quite a bit of work to do. I think before we touch on like the whole immigration piece, because specifically in the climate that we're in, in this global pandemic, um, you know, looking at South Africa, chatting to a couple of countries on the African continent. Um, I've chatted with guys in Kenya, Tanzania, and a lot of people are kind of sharing the same uh, testament. So uh, I think that that's like a really heavy point that I want to touch on, on the immigration piece. Um, but I just want to take a step back because something that you said kind of like struck a little bell in me um, where you said you, you took that move and decided that you wanted to learn more about strategy. And something that I've chatted to like a lot of guys about is you, you know, so for example, like myself, um, working in a sales role, working in an organization, you kind of have the thoughts, okay, cool, like I'm going to get in the business, I'm going to learn everything that I need to work my way to the top, become the CEO and run the business. But I think a lot of the times we don't actually take that step back, look at the chinks in our armor, you know, um, and that was something we discussed on another episode with Grant is looking at your strengths and weaknesses. Um, but obviously that's like a major move to go from a company where you're doing really well, you're making a name for yourself, you've got great clients, you know where your strengths are, you know, what made you decide, okay, great, like I've looked at my armory, I'm not good in strategy, so how do I pursue a role now, you know, that's very strategically focused and growing that? Yeah, so I think that the big thing over there for me, it's kind of when you're looking at your short-term, medium-term and long-term goals, right, at the mm -hmm. time, I guess, uh, when I sort of looked at, say, a 10-year, I think it was sort of a 7 to 10-year plan that I sort of put in my head, um, that, you know, I, I wanted to spend 10 years in agency, in agency land, right, get as much experience as I could in, um, you know, whether, whether it was working um, specifically on, on all things digital, 
whether it was brand, whether it was traditional media, whatever it was, like to me, those were the three sort of key things that I needed in my art club to go, um, having not, I guess, taken the approach of going straight into a, a corporate or something like that, you know, starting off as a junior member in the team and then growing that way. My approach was always going to be, um, you know, in an agency, I guess, you, you get a broader scope of clients. So you're working in different different industries, different verticals, all that type of thing. But to me, I sort of had these three pillars um, of knowledge that I wanted to build up before I got to that point where I, I felt comfortable transitioning. And so that was, I guess, the, the main the main sort of reason for that. Did that answer your question, Simon? Yeah, I, I think it's because a lot of the times, and for me personally, I speak from, you know, a huge personal experience that... A lot of the times you kind of get shifted into this career move and then you run forward and then you kind of figure it out as you go but the more we chat to people and the more like you start picking people's brains i think it's so critical to almost map out the journey you want to take it's critical to put the goals down and you know like you say actually identify these three areas that i need to grow in because a lot of the times if you don't put that in place you're kind of just shooting off the cuff and you know whatever happens happens but if you're following a structured plan, you kind of know where you need to go, you know where you need to be. Um, and that's something, again, as we chatted on the other episode in terms of this failure point, if I've got a plan, I know where I'm going. And if I'm not on that trajectory, I can now say, okay, cool, I'm failing at this. What do I need to do to adjust it to get back on course and be successful, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think, Honor, you raise a really good point there about your short, medium and long-term goals. Um, so if we can just go back to where um, you were chatting about your immigration, was this always in your mind? Obviously, as Simon mentioned now, there's a lot of people at the moment in South Africa where most of our listeners are listening from. They're thinking about it. They, everyone's like, well, what's your plan B? Or what's, uh, what, was it always your plan to move? Or does just tell us about, a bit about that and your immigration. Yeah, no, I mean, this, this is the thing, right? So I guess um, all, all the best made plans I guess it's, are they gonna they're gonna catch a, a wobble somewhere along the line um, for most people. Um, so um, I guess the, the immigration was probably probably that for me to some extent. Um, uh, it wasn't something. I mean, f- for us, it, it was a lifestyle choice more than anything. Um, it was we didn't we didn't immigrate alone. We immigrated with with family. Um, but the immigration aside, like I said, um, yeah, from a career perspective, you sort of kind of had I had this tenure sort of agency experience sort of goal in mind and, and trying to build up my experience in these different in those three key areas um but um yeah when we had the discussion about immigration it does it kind of puts a bit of a you use the a nice phrase chink in your armor um where it's like something you start thinking differently and i was going okay well before uh before i immigrate there's a bunch of things that i need to do and um, yeah, and so I made, made another change in that time because something else that happened is I thought I'd actually be leaving um, potentially slightly earlier. Um, that didn't quite happen. And so I landed up having to take another role, um, you know, working, that was my first client side role, something that I kind of viewed as, um, it was an unexpected sort of turn of events, if you wanted to call it that. Also, I guess taking on a role knowing that I was leaving um, was something that I didn't quite feel comfortable with. Um, it, it really sort of challenged, I guess, my own, I guess, um, you know, if you want to call it ethical um, barrier, because 
you go and tell somebody, you go and have a discussion with the business owner uh, out there and say to them, hey, uh, I know I'm the right guy for the job, but it's likely I'm not going to be here in six months' time when you're going through your interview. <laughs> Do you think you're going to get the job? Probably not. No. So, um, yeah, I mean, so I mean, there was kind of calls like that along the way that, that I had to make. Um, yeah, it sort of got to the point where everything does sort of come together. Um, and then, again, thinking that at that point I might actually be leaving later, something came through a lot earlier. And before I knew it, I was on an aeroplane and, and heading off to Australia on my own um, because um, my wife's my wife's um, sort of business and um, uh, sorry her job plans hadn't quite um, materialised just yet. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much, Arns. We're gonna this episode's already about twenty minutes. I think we're gonna cut it there. But Anna, we're gonna ask you to come back and just explain to us once you landed in Australia what that looked like and what your goals were from that side. So thanks so much for being on this episode. We appreciate your time.